Have you ever noticed that uh, we seem to do a lot of running? Now, I don't just mean people who we see out in the morning doing their daily jog or maybe those who get involved in particular community races, but I mean all of us. We do a lot of running, right? We say, oh, uh, I'm just going to make a quick run to the store. Or maybe we say, you know, the doctor is running some tests on me. Or maybe if we drive and we let the gas tank get kind of low on fuel, we'll say, you know, boy, I'm running on fumes. Or like me, you might be saying, uh, I'm going crazy because I keep running around in circles. (laughs) We do a lot of running. And we seem to do it in a lot of different kinds of races, too. Yes, there are those particular athletic events, but there are other kind of races we get involved in or pay attention to, political races. Maybe there's a a race we feel in to, to, to beat that red light so we can get through that intersection. Or maybe just looking at life, we uh, say, you know, this is one big rat race. Well, despite how much running we think we do, and despite whatever kind of races we think we're involved in, let's not slow down. Not stop and rest or quit. Rather, let's keep on running the race. And in particular, the race that God has put us in. Today, as encouragement for these 11 young people who are making the public profession to us of what they believe, but also for all of us who are believers in Jesus, let's take these words to heart this morning, keep running the race. That's the encouragement we get as we read the portion of scriptures that were written to Hebrew Christians in chapter 12 of that letter. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now I know that uh, the last couple of weeks, a lot of our attention has been focused on marathons, in particular the Boston Marathon, because of the events that happened there. But also then we heard of other marathons that were being run throughout the world, in London and in Germany. That's not why I chose this as a theme, however. This message was already picked out months ago. It just happens to be coincidental that we have all that news about marathons now. And likewise, I know a number of you young people are practicing right now for various track meets and other athletic events at your school, and so there's a lot of running involved But again, that's purely coincidental. But yet it does give us a good framework to think about in regard to this message, because he's talking about running and a race. But so that we don't just connect it with those athletic events, let's listen carefully and get some information about the race that he is talking about. He started out by saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud 
of witnesses. It's like he's talking about a crowd or an audience who's watching us run the race. That word, therefore, was his way of concluding everything that he had just been talking about. And he identifies for us who's in this great cloud of witnesses. It's people like Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. People who were all commended by God for their faith. And so the first thing we want to note is that this race that he's talking about, it's about faith. When you read the previous chapter, you get that message because continually he says, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And that's what he's talking about with this race that we are in. It's a race of faith. But now as we think of people like, you know, Noah and Abraham and Moses and and how strong and active their faith was, we might be thinking, well, I've got to match up to that. Not necessarily, because what he is describing for us is what they believed in, not necessarily the strength of their faith. Because at the beginning of that chapter, he tells us, now faith is the substance of things we hope for and the evidence of things we don't see. You see, he's calling our attention to what we believe and trust in, not necessarily how we're doing in that faith. But that certainly is going to come from it also. So when we talk about this race that we're all in, it's a race of faith, which means who we trust in. God. Who He is. What He says. And what He does. And how I respond to it. Now He describes this this race for us when He says, let us run. And that word in the Greek could be translated, let us keep on running. You don't stop. You have to keep on running with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Now, we can call it a marathon. Now, technically, a marathon is 26 miles long. (laughs) That's not the race, of course, he's talking about. Sometimes we use the word marathon not just to refer to 26 miles, but to anything that is long. For example, today you might say, boy, that was a marathon sermon. (laughs) But he's talking about the race that we are running that's our life. It's a lifelong race. In fact, in the Greek, he doesn't even really use the word race. He mentioned running, and then the word that he uses for race is the word contest. And so obviously he's speaking about what we would call a race. But he calls it a contest because it is a struggle. It's something that we have to fight in. It's something that we're going to face some opposition to and some challenges as we're facing this. In fact, there will even be some people in the crowd who might be booing us and trying to trip us up or misdirect us. And so it is a contest, one that resolves in crossing the finish line and winning. Now, you're sitting here today, you 11 young people, and thinking, but isn't it finished? (laughs) Aren't I done now, right? Isn't this the conclusion? No. This is just an extension, another lap that you're taking. I'll describe what I mean a little later. But let's understand this, that this race that we're all running, it's a lifelong race. Now, one more thing we can note about it 
because you're wondering, well, what's this race going to entail? What's it all like? Take comfort from these words when he said that it was one that was marked out for us. It's one that's already been determined for us by God. God has already laid out the course, and God has already drawn the finish line. And each course and each finish line is going to be in different ways and at different times for each of us. But be assured of this, God knows what's in the race because he has marked it out for us. He knows when there's going to be times and we're going to be running uphill. And there's times when the path will be smooth. And other times when it might be coasting because we're just going downhill fast and easy. He knows what the weather is going to be like in the race too whether it's good or stormy. He knows if there's going to be some challenges, some potholes, some obstacles. He knows times when it'll be straight and clear, and he knows that there's going to be times when it's like a maze and we'll have to figure out the path. No matter what the course looks like, however, we have this assurance. The Lord is watching over us. He doesn't close his eyes. The Lord is there to guide us, to support us, to strengthen us, and to bring us to that finish line. A line that he has determined. A line that he himself, Jesus, our Lord, who has run this race, has crossed. And we can be sure that when we get to that finish line, he'll be standing there to welcome us all and say, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom that's been prepared for you. There's a good ending. Well, let's just stop at this point here and give a little reminder to everybody, the race is still on. You see, because I know that sometimes the thinking is, when you've reached this point of of confirmation, that, you know, it's all done. I finished the course, right? It was a two-year course with memory work and worksheets and all sorts of other things that we had to do. And now we're finished. No, you're not finished. You're just at another stage in the race for which you have been prepared. You see, the next part of the race becomes a bit more challenging. As you're getting older, there's going to be other things that you get involved in. More activities, more choices, more challenges, and sometimes some troubles and trials as well. We want to alert you to them, and we want to be here to encourage you in your faith because you have to keep running through all of those things. Now it becomes critical. Faith is critical, because it's by faith that we are saved. By faith, we have the righteousness of Jesus, which we need for salvation, and we have that forgiveness of sins declared to us. We need faith for our salvation. And so we want to give you this encouragement to keep on running. Don't stop your learning. But I also want to let you know that as things go on, the picture becomes, or your race becomes, more meaningful and joyful also. It starts this morning, when for the first time you can receive Holy Communion, to have the body and blood of the Lord in the bread and wine, the very thing that was given to pay for your sins, to assure you that you are forgiven and that you are His. That's really meaningful. And then all the other opportunities that now come 
to continue to worship and to study His Word. Now to get involved in ways in ministry to serve the Lord and serve other people. And as you do those things, not only is it meaningful, but it's also joyful. You will find as you continue to run this race, even when it gets difficulty, difficult, the Lord will be there to supply with what you need and to give you the joy of your heart. It's a long race, but it's a good one, and it's joyful. Keep on running. Now, because this race is so important, and it is a serious race, let's listen to his words and get some instructions as to how we should run this race. We'll make it real simple. You know what a caller barks out at the start of a race. Get ready. Get set. Go. Well, those are the simple instructions that this writer is giving us. First of all, he's telling us, get ready. Listen to what he says before he tells us to run these highlighted words. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. First of all, get rid of whatever hinders you. Whatever is going to slow you up or distract you from running this race. Now, you have never seen somebody in a race carrying a heavy backpack and all sorts of other things that they feel they're going to need for the next few hours or whatever. No, they don't load themselves down with those things. Now, sometimes when runners are practicing, they may have weights on them, especially on their legs, to try to strengthen their muscles. But when it comes to race time, they throw off all of those things. They don't want to be hindered. They don't want to be slowed down. And that's true when it comes to running this race of faith. We've got to throw off those things that are going to hinder us. They're going to slow us down or distract us. Now, what might those things be? There might be some doubts. There might be questions, maybe even some distrust that you have about things that you've learned. There might be some trials or troubles that come your way that cause you to wonder, does God love me? Is that stuff that I learned and heard about in the Bible really true? There may be times when you're ready to give up because just living as a Christian is just too difficult. And you see what's happening then? You're starting to become weary in the race. You're starting to become distracted too. When there are other activities to become involved in or other things that you can do and you can set aside your faith and worry about it some other time, you think. But that's going to lead you off course. Likewise, there may be times when we think, you know, maybe there's something more that I need to do to add to my faith, to be sure that I'm going to cross that finish line. And all of a sudden, we start thinking that we need to help God help us get across the line. That's been a thinking that's common to human beings and and common even in Christianity. So common that the Apostle Paul had to address it right away to some of the early Christians. Listen to what he wrote. He says, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, and you could put in there anything that the Old Testament law required, or anything that you think you need to do to add to your salvation to make sure it's certain. All of that, he says, has no value. The only thing that counts is faith. 
expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? And so watch out. Be careful that you don't become distracted or burdened down with other things that can lead you away and take you off course in this race of faith. What are you to do when you recognize that this is a hindrance or a distraction? He simply said, get rid of it. Throw it away. If it's, it's of no value, don't have anything to do with it. Now he tells us there's another thing that we have to do to be ready in running this race. And he said, get rid of the sin that entangles you. Now could you imagine a runner back in those days running with, you know, those robe-like clothing that they wore? If I was wearing my traditional robe, like you guys are wearing your robes today, do you think that I could run a race? You probably don't think I can run a race even without it. But I can't run a race if I'm all tangled up in a lot of clothing. And so runners today, they just wear shorts and a light shirt and just shoes. Why? They don't want anything to tangle them up, to trip them up. He said that's what sin can do to us. Sin can tangle us up and trip us up because sin has this way of clinging to us because we've got a sin nature. Sin has a way of following us. And sometimes we take sin and we bring it into our life and we put it on and we do it because, because we like it because other people do it, or maybe because we even think it's okay. And when we get to that point, then what we're saying is, I'm not doing anything wrong, and I don't need a Savior for it. And that's going to trip us up and make us fall in this race. So what do we have to do? We have to know, we have to recognize, we have to discern what is right and wrong. And when we recognize things that are against God's will, then we have to be strong and say no to it and get rid of that temptation. But there are times when we are going to fall because we're weak. When that happens, then we have something else to say. We have to go to our God and we have to say, I have sinned against you. I have broken your commands. And I plead for your mercy and forgiveness because Jesus has died for my sins. And then know that you are forgiven and that sin has been taken away from you and you won't be tangled up in it and fall away. That's how you get ready. Well, after the caller tells us to get ready, then he tells us to get set. That, of course, means the runners have to get into their position. So they're ready for a good run. Well, we have to be in a certain position too. He tells us what it is when he says this. Run with perseverance. That word perseverance literally meant to stand up strong under heavy weight or pressure. To stand strong and firm and not be pushed around. The encouragement here is be set in your faith. Be strong in your faith in Jesus. I've already highlighted for you how there are various things that can distract us in our race. Things that can trip us up and cause us to fall. We need to endure. We need to stand firm in the course. And he tells us to do it just like Jesus did. He said, consider him. Look at Jesus. Who endured such opposition from sinners. Think of how Jesus was hated. And he did nothing wrong. Think of the things that faced him. 
but he continued in that race. He says, do this so you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, the Lord Jesus knew what the path was for him. The Lord Jesus knew what the will of God was for him in being the Savior of the world, to endure that opposition, to carry our sins, to suffer and to die and rise again. And he was willing to do it. Now you and I have to stand firm in that faith and endure no matter what. Well, how do you do that? Well, how does a runner run all those long races? You don't think they just show up one day and say, I'm going to run. No, they practice. They get in shape. And that's what you have to keep doing. Keep in shape. That's what all of us have to do. Keep in spiritual shape. How do you do that? It's by coming and worshiping and hearing God's word and receiving strength from the Lord's Supper. When we go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for help, he hears those prayers and answers us. That's how we stand strong in faith in Jesus. But here's the other way we have to be set. It's, it's a mindset. Here's the position we have to have in our mind to stay in the race no matter what. Don't give up. Have you ever heard of somebody showing up for a race and they've said, yeah, I don't know, I'm just going to run the first 100 yards or whatever and then I'm going to quit. Or I'll just run a little way and when they get tired, I'm just going to step to the side. No runner does that. When they enter a race, they're in it for the whole thing. And God wants us to have that mindset too. It may be a long race. It may be hard. It may be wonderful. Stay in it no matter what. Now you have heard me say, probably ad nauseum, that sometimes people who have sat in these chairs with these nice pretty robes on and have made the same promise you are going to make have quickly fallen out of the race. Things have distracted them. They maybe start taking a lap, and then they quit. That's not what you're promising to do. That's not what God encourages you to do. Stay in the race. That's what we have to have our mind set on. And then finally, it comes time when we have to do the running. And he gives us some instructions on how we are to run the faith. He says, keep running by fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. First instruction in running is keep your eyes on Jesus. And there's two reasons why. First of all, because he's the winner. He has already crossed the finish line. He run that race. He came into this world and lived under all of God's laws that we have to live under. And he did it perfectly for us. So that there is a righteousness that God now credits to all of us through faith in Jesus. And then Jesus endured that hard part of that race. Where he took on himself all of our sin. All of our guilt. And suffered the wrath of God for the sins of the world. So that you and everybody else in this world will be forgiven. And then he rose, rose victorious from the dead to show that the curse of sin has been taken away. We will live forever. And he's enthroned in heaven, ruling over all things, encouraging us and strengthening us to run this race. You see, Jesus is the winner. That's why we want to keep our eyes on him. 
That's the first reason. And the second reason is because He's the way. He's the one we have to believe in. He's the course we have to run on. There is no way, other way for people to be saved. There is only one name given to us under heaven by which we must be saved. And that's the name and person, Jesus. Now today we live in a world that doesn't want to accept that. Today we live in a world that wants to convince us that all religions are equal and they will all live, all lead to the same God. That's not true. That's not what Christianity, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that there is one God and that there is one way to eternal life, and that is Jesus Christ. And to have faith in Him means you have to reject all other religions. If you don't, then you end up rejecting Jesus. Jesus is the only way. He is the one who has crossed the finish line for us and gives us the victory. And that's the second thing now we want to do as we're looking ahead at this race. Look at how the Apostle Paul described his run of faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and then keep your eyes on the prize that he has set for you that crown of righteousness, that eternal life and glory in heaven. Look, the world is going to try to convince you otherwise. The world's going to try to tell us that there are so many things in this life that we need to enjoy, and those things will be used to get us off course. Don't try to get the world and lose your soul and lose this glory of heaven. Stay in the race. Cross that finish line where your Savior will welcome you and give you that gift of eternal life. So that's our encouragement for you today. Keep running the race. And it's because the victory is won. I know that in your classroom here, and probably in your bedrooms at home, there are some trophies and maybe some certificates or other awards that you have received from athletic or academic events. And those were all ways of acknowledging you did it. Good job. You kept focused, you used your abilities, and you won. But there's also going to be something that we gave you last night that should hang on your wall that says, you didn't win it because you couldn't, but it was won for you. We gave you a cross to hang on your wall that reminds you, you have the victory because Jesus won it for you. Keep running that race, and stay in it. And that's a message for all of us now, that we have to encourage these young people just as we encourage one another to keep running faithfully this race of faith. Let's do it with our words of encouragement. Let's do it with the example that we set. Let's do it by being involved in the ministries here that reach out and serve people in their needs and honor our God. And as we do that, Let's remember, it is a time to celebrate. To celebrate the victory that God has given us in His love. As we keep running this race, let's celebrate that victory. Amen.